stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast The daily podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead One mockish minute at a time That's moppish Whatever we're your hosts, Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are examining Minute 15, which starts with Beth in a voiceover, giving the last reason why she prefers Roy, and ends with Lane once again on the receiving end of an attempted assault from Rocco. Curtis, how about the recap? Hey, I can do that, Jason. In the previous minute, shortly after Lane attempted to qualify for the ski team and failed, Beth broke up with him so she could date Roy. At 14 minutes, we hear Beth in voiceover, finishing the list of reasons she broke up with Lane, concluding on the phrase, he drives a nicer car. At 14 minutes and 14 seconds, the Reed brothers pull up next to Lane at the stoplight. Yi Suk once again narrates the race in Howard Cosell speak as the drivers prepare to race. At 14 minutes and 44 seconds, the race begins. This time, Lane runs his car into the back of Rocco's truck prompting Rocco to once again get out of the truck and attempt to beat Lane up. We leave the minute with the outcome of Rocco's attempted assault on Lane unresolved. So now at last we have the full list of reasons that Beth broke up with Lane. He's more popular, better looking, and drives a nicer car. Have you ever heard the song Popular? Oh yeah, by Not A Surf. How do the rules of being popular compared to Beth's reasons for dumping Lane. Three important rules for breaking up are don't put off breaking up when you know you want to. Prolonging the situation only makes it worse. And tell him honestly, simply, kindly, but firmly. <laughs> <laughs> don't make a big production. Don't make up an elaborate story. This will help you avoid a big ter- tear-jerking scene. If you want to date other people, say so. <laughs> Be prepared for the boy to feel hurt and rejected, even if you've gone together for only a short time and haven't been too serious. There's still a feeling of rejection. Yes, there is a feeling of rejection when someone says she prefers the company of others to your exclusive company. But if you're honest and direct and avoid making a flowery emotional speech when you break the news... (laughs) The boy will respect you for your frankness, and honestly, he'll appreciate the kind of straightforward manner in which you told him your decision. Unless he's a real jerk or a crybaby, you'll remain friends. Well, so how does Lane and Beth measure up to this? Beth was direct and honest. She shared with Lane the exact reasons that she wanted to break up. Yes. She didn't prolong the situation and make it worse. She told him honestly, simply, and kindly. She didn't make a big production. She didn't make up an elaborate story. This is one of the, this is one of the easier breakups from the point of view of a guy that I've seen depicted on a screen. Yeah. Don't you agree? I think so. Still, Lane, so hurt. So hurt. Devastated. Have you ever been dumped by a girl and ended up in your car pounding the dashboard, ruining the day? <laughs> well, I think everybody's been there at least once. and Yeah, especially the first time. The first time, you just can't prepare for that. Yeah. Right. It wasn't the first time I got dumped, but it was the first time I got my heart broken by a girl. I ended up in my car doing almost the same thing Lane was doing, except parked and drunk and in front of people. (laughs) What do you think about 
Kuzak's performance here. Do you think if you were the actor or the director, would you have wanted tears or would that be overkill? Yeah, I think tears might have been a little too much. That is one thing about this movie. We talk about Kuzak thinking of it or wanting it to be darker. What if it would have went a little darker? What if there would have been some tears here? What if we were really selling Lane as legitimately suicidal? Would have been a lot harder to make it funny. Right. I think it would have been too depressing. Not a comedy, but dark, gritty reboot of Better Off Dead. <laughs> well, thank God we're past the dark, gritty reboot phase of our uh, existence. Or at least we <laughs> seem to be. As long as no one listens to this and gets the idea. Somebody somewhere is writing it down just right now. I wonder, though. I still would kind of like to see that movie where <laughs> it is a darker comedy. The thing that Kuzak in envisioned in his head when he read the script. That would be a very interesting study, I think. Could be, but real hard to pull off, I'd say. I don't know. That makes me want to experiment with this movie and get out the editor and see what I could do. Drop some of the sillier stuff, change some of the musical cues so they're not so they don't play so much comedy. Yeah, the music really kinda adds to the winkingness of it. <laughs> Especially Neil Sedaka. <laughs> yeah breaking up is hard to do we're still in the world where where you know everything that's coming <laughs> i'm like a precog they can see like seven minutes into the future <laughs> still remind me of the three reasons she broke up with him again more popular better looking drives a nicer car boy those are tough reasons to have to swallow yeah more popular eh, that's not so bad better looking and drives a nicer car Man, he bought that car for her. Yeah. And if she would just wait a few months. <laughs> so he can get that bad boy running. Uh, well, enough of this wallowing in sadness. It's time to race the Ree brothers. This monologue that he does really seems to spur Lane to action. You, uh, you up for doing a little yee souk? <laughs> Truly a sight to behold. A mad beaten. The once great chap. Now, a study in mawkishness. Stop. Mawkishness or moppishness? It sounds for the world like he says moppishness on there. It does. The script says mawkishness. When I went to the internet, I found a couple of different meanings for moppish. One is kind of what he's referring to here, which is very similar to mawkish. Yep. But almost looks like it should be pronounced mopish. And then one is about... I. Like being ugly, not having a... Basically having bad hair. <laughs> having oh, a... yeah, having bad hair. Do you think they were supposed to say mawkish, but put the P in? Or do you think they were supposed to say mopish, but were only aware of the word mawkish, so they said moppish? Yeah, it could be, because mawkish is more of a legit word, you know? Yeah, it isn't so made up. Well, 1980, 1983, I mean, it must have been a word then. Moppish or mopish? Yeah. Anyway, mawkish is the one that fits. <laughs> I think we both agree on that. Yeah. But, you know, they could... I think they were kind of going for the Howard Cursell thing where he busts out a long adjective that may really not actually be a word. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it it just kind of fits the mood. It, it lends itself to the comedy, too, to call him moppish. You know, at this point, Lane rallies, and he starts putting on the gloves, 
and he's getting ready to drive again. And he's got this attitude of like, this time you're not going to win. So what are the odds that he doesn't actually see the truck in front of him? Let's review that scene. Okay, so he doesn't look forward at all until he starts racing. And then there's only a half a second between when he floors it and when he runs into the back of the truck. Yeah, it's like he he puts his head forward and he guns it at the same time. Right. So I'm going with plausible that he didn't see the pig burger truck in front of him. Of course, after he runs into the pig burger truck, we get a great shot of the logo. Which is a live cartoon pig on a bun. (laughs) A very happy looking pig. Throwing the bun open... As if it's very happy to see us. It's like, it's like, eat me, please. Pork burgers. I mean, pig burgers. Well, being from Iowa, to me that says pork burger. Yeah. Like Porktoberfest. Yet later on, he's clearly manipulating hamburgers. So are pig burgers just extra big? Okay, here's a question. There's a scene later on where he is manipulating some hamburger. And he ends up making a burger that's like this big. And I'm making... I'm making a, a circle with my hands that's like a foot in diameter. Is that how big the, the burgers are there? That would be ridiculous. Still, everybody wants some. Yes, everybody does. I love that they have that as the restaurant's logo. Everybody Wants Some came out in 1980. So it's perfectly possible that people watching this movie recognize the phrase. Yeah. And Do you recall when you first saw it? Did you know... Did you even associate the logo with the song? Well, once once the uh, song actually comes on, I associated, but I, I don't think I recognized it just seeing the logo. Sort of like an Easter egg that pays off later in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So this is the second time now that Rocco has attempted to, what's the quote? Activate his dental plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first time... He's going to activate his dental plan. This time he gets out of the truck saying, someone's going to see God. (laughs) What a great line. I'll bet this actor was just the nicest, sweetest guy when he got to know him. (laughs) But who knows? I'm totally speculating. We decided he's dead, right? He he passed away? Uh, As far as I know, I would imagine. One time I touched on this. John Cusack movies taught me exactly the wrong way to date women. To break up with women, and generally how to act around women. Because of John Cusack movies, I ended up handling all of this stuff in exactly the wrong way. Or exactly like John Cusack's characters. (laughs) And in talking to people, I found a lot of shared experiences along those lines. With the invention of the teen rom-com came the invention of certain tropes that you just shouldn't do in real life. Things like big romantic gestures can be very easily misinterpreted. As stalking? Stalking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the whole uh, boombox outside the window thing. The boombox outside the window, the standing outside in the rain, outside of her apartment window, <laughs> while she's got her boyfriend in there, just all of that stuff. He, he did all of that stuff. Yeah. And in the movies, it all works out for him. Yeah. Real- Sending the message to our innocent teen and 25 year old brains that's that 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 is how you do it yeah yeah if you want it bad enough you fight for it you get it well i guess this movie's slightly different than that because he's just teaching us that we should kill ourselves. 
<laughs> That's all I got for this minute, Jason. You got anything else? Nope. Well, you've been listening to the Better Off Dead Minute podcast. You can find our podcast at betteroffdeadminute.com. You can email us at bodminute at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail or text at 712-830-7373. My name is Curtis Blaze. And I am Jason Hummel. We'll see you Monday for Minute 16 of the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>